0: Yo, this is after Rose of Guns Roses.
1: Hey, this is Carmen Alexa.
0: Hi, this is Girl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal double G. Hi, this is Don Salad. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's
1: up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey,
0: yo, yo, yo.
1: Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot.
0: The Sports Beat. is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat.
1: Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge.
0: And a good afternoon to all you high school football fans. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. It is the Friday Night Lights High School Football Preview Review Show for week seven. Just a reminder that we are being broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key out of Noonan, Georgia. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, Backwoods Barbecue, and Planet Fitness. And we have got a great show for you. I'm going to have my co-host Corey Bank on as we are going to break down the Russell County Lanier game that we are calling tonight. And I'm also going to have Jared Dillard, the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Lions, and he works for Auburn High School in the multimedia department. We are going to preview the high school game of the week between the Auburn Tigers and the Opelika Bulldogs. Just an update, this is going to be a show where I'm going to break down all the Thursday night games and I'm going to preview some of the Friday games. A lot of the games got moved to Thursday night because of Hurricane Ian. The uncertainty of the path of the hurricane forced a lot of the schools to not take any chances and so they moved their games to Thursday night. We did have quite the slate of Thursday night games starting in East Alabama. The Central Red Devils were down in Dothan, Alabama, taking on a talented Dothan Wolves team that looked very impressive, 5-1. Central was coming into this game 4-2 after losing to IMG Academy last week. And Central gets the victory on the road, 35-28. to 28, As Jalen Epps, the quarterback, just spread the ball all around the field. Touchdowns to Carmelo English. Big plays to... Tenorius Thomas and Cam Coleman. And Central is 5-2 on the season. Central will next take on Robert E. Lee for a rare Thursday night game. So back-to-back Thursday night weeks for the Central Red Devils. They will take on Robert E. Lee at Garrett Harrison Stadium next week. Let's talk about the Ufala Tigers. As the Ufala Tigers got a big win over Carroll... And Ufala is 5-1 on the season. 3-0 in region play. We still got some undefeated teams around the Chattahoochee Valley. The Beauregard Hornets. A big run by A.J. Wallace. They were able to get the win over Sylacauga. 38-7. And Beauregard, 6-0 on the season with a 3-0 record in region play. You also have Lochapoca. thanks to a safety by Jamari Payne to start the game. They ran all over Calhoun, fifty to nothing, and the poke away continues to work as they push their record to six and zero and four and zero in region play. Some of the other scores in East Alabama include Real Town going to four and one by beating Lynette twelve to nothing. You have Central Clay County. Defeating Valley twenty-six to six, and Verbena getting the win over Nodasalga thirty-two to fourteen. Move it over into West Georgia. Let's start up in Lagrange because we had a very impressive doubleheader at Callaway Stadium, starting with a five o'clock kickoff. The Troop County Tigers, looking like a state title contender, they had no problem over North Clayton sixty-three to nothing. You know I had the privilege to be at the Troop County North Clayton game last night and I witnessed in person Teo Todd and his athleticism and his ability to throw the football and it was something special but that 84 yard run by Cam Cameron was incredible. I just happened to get a video of it and post it on my Twitter. Troop County was down at the goal line. North Clayton pinned them back and They were able to punch it in, and that was the shortest high school football game I've ever been to because every time Troop County scored, I mean, they were running the football. The clock just continued to run. They just had a big lead on North Clayton, and it was very tough for North Clayton to move the football. Troop County continues to roll in 4A Region 4, and then immediately following that game, the LaGrange Grangers took on Riverdale, and they picked up their first win in region play as they defeated Riverdale 28-14. LaGrange snaps a two-game losing streak, and they are currently 4-2 overall, 1-2 in region play. They will take on the same North Clayton team that Troop County faced last night. Some of the other scores around the Chattahoochee Valley, Manchester defeats Macon County 53-0, and Manchester is 4-2 on the season the callaway cavaliers have won three straight by knocking off top-ranked columbia 32 to 12 and callaway is 3 and 3 on the year 2 and 0 in region play schley county gets a big win over chatco 29 to 6 in this rivalry game and the schley county wildcats are 4 and 2 overall 2 and 0 in region play I'm looking at the schedule, and on October 21st, approximately a month from now, Schley County is going to take on Manchester. That is a non-region game, but that could be a candidate for high school game of the week, as both teams are rolling. You had Harris County travel up the road to take on Sandy Creek, and they lost 33-3. to Harris County is 1-5, and and they will take on Northside. Back in Hamilton, Georgia, next week. Down in Columbus, we had a doubleheader action. One at Kennett Stadium, one at AJ McClellan Memorial Stadium. First at Kennett Stadium, H Charter defeated Kendrick forty-two to nothing. And then the Spencer Green Wave continue to be undefeated in the region. They are four and two on the season after beating the Jordan Red Jackets forty-two to nothing. And I am looking into the future at this schedule as Northeast of Macon looms in a couple of weeks northeast is also 3-0 and that is going to be a massive game because it's going to be played at otis spencer stadium it will be spencer's first home game in the new stadium down in south columbus all right let's go ahead and preview some of the games for week seven we do have a slate of games for friday starting with the handley tigers they are 6-0 on the season and they are taking on Aniston, also 6-0. You have the game that Corey and I are calling, the Sydney Lanier Poets taking on the Russell County Warriors. Lanier is 3-2 on the season, 1-1 in region play. And Russell County is on a four-game losing streak. They are 1-4 on the season and 1-3 in region play. You have Glenwood on the road taking on Valiant Cross Academy. Glenwood is 2-3 on the season. Lee Scott Academy still undefeated. They are hosting Atuga Academy. And then you got Lafayette taking on Horseshoe Bend. Not a whole lot of action in East Alabama. A lot of the games already got played. Moving over to Columbus tonight at A.J. McClellan Memorial Stadium. A region matchup between the Columbus Blue Devils and the Carver Tigers. Carver was able to get the victory over Hapeville Charter last week. And they are trying to knock off... Their crosstown rival in region play. You got Central of Talbotton taking on Marion County tonight. Both teams are 0 and 5. You got Greenville 1 and 4 on the season, traveling down to Butler to take on Taylor County as they are 2 and 3. You also have Heard County that's traveling to Peachtree City to take on McIntosh. Both teams are 2 and 3. And finally, the Brookstone Cougars, who are three and one so far on the season, taking on Whitfield Academy, who's four and one as they gear up for their first region game next week. The battle for the Brucelli jug at Mac Strong Stadium against the St. Ampacelli Vikings. And that is a candidate for high school game of the week. In fact, that is leading the votes right now for high school game of the week. So go vote on Twitter for the High School Game of the Week for Week 8. Your choices are Smith Station at Opelika, Lafayette at Lynette, St. Ampicelli at Brookstone, and Northside at Harris County. you got six days to vote, and I will announce the winner next week. All right, let's talk about some of the action that was going on in Noonan last night, and I'm also going to preview some of the games that happen. Of course, Sandy Creek got the win over Harris County. But let's talk about Landmark Christian. Head coach Tommy Lewis is a guest on this radio station on Mondays. And I gotta say, Landmark Christian, they get the win. They're 3-3 three and three overall, 1-1 one and one in region play. A nice 24-6 victory over McNair. They will take on Columbia in Decatur next Thursday night for a region game. You got Macintosh that's taking on Heard County tonight in Peachtree City. Now Fayette County fell to Whitewater last night fifty to thirteen. And Whitewater is now five and one overall. And two and one in region play. Whitewater will take on Trinity Christian next Friday night. And how about those Trinity Christian Lions tonight? In Sharpsburg, they are taking on Stars Mill. Trinity Christian is 3 and 2 overall, 2 and 0 in region play, and Stars Mill is 4 and 1 overall, 1 and 1 in region play. Let's talk about Northgate. Northgate is 1 and 5 overall, and they are on a bye this week. They will take on Mcintosh next week at home. All right, let's talk about East Coweta. The East Coweta Indians, who lost to Lambert last week, 31-24, to they are on a bye, and they will take on Carrollton next Friday night. Time to reveal my top ten for East Alabama and West Georgia. I did reveal this on Monday's show, but I'm going to recap the rankings. They may change on Monday. This is not a rankings based on what happened last night. So keep that in mind. Let's go ahead and get it started with East Alabama. All right, let's go. Number one, the Auburn Tigers, 6-0. and Their defense is just getting better. The margin of victory over these teams is astounding. Their first two games were very close, and then all of a sudden, their last four games, Auburn has been running away against the competition, and they take on the Opelika Bulldogs tonight for the high school game of the week. I'll have Jared Dillard on, and we are going to preview that game shortly. Number two, the Lee Scott Academy Warriors, 5-0 on the season. They are taking on Atuga Academy. Like, I have them here topping the rankings because they are dominant at the AISA level. So that's something to keep in mind. Number three, the Central Red Devils. I know they're 4-2, but I'm not going to penalize a team for taking on IMG Academy on national television. And... Look at their two losses. They lose to Opelika on a blocked field goal in overtime, in a hostile environment, and then they lose to IMG Academy, one of the top schools in the country. Central looks to run the table, and they got a big win over Dothan last night to go to 5-2. and two. So we'll see what the rankings look like on Monday, and I think that Central is just going to stay right where they are at. Number four, the Opelika Bulldogs. Depending on what happens against Auburn tonight, they could drop because there's a lot of teams behind Opelika that are undefeated. Say what you want, they are playing a gauntlet in 7A, and they're not afraid to play anybody. And they got a big win against Callaway to start the season. Number five, the Hanley Tigers, and it's going to be a battle of two undefeateds tonight as they will take on Aniston. Hanley is 6-0, and and they look like a team that can make a big state playoff run. Number six, the Lochapoca Indians. They got a big win over Calhoun last night, fifty to nothing. So they are now six and zero. Number seven, the Ufala Tigers. That are five and one, and they got a big win over Carroll last night. Number eight, the Beauregard Hornets. They're still rolling, six and zero on the season after beating Sylacauga, thirty eight to seven. Number nine, I got Real Town in here beating Lynette twelve to nothing. And then number 10, Chambers Academy is on a bye. And uh, some teams that I could put in the rankings, but I just don't consider them part of the Chattahoochee Valley. Dadeville is 6-0, and Randolph County is 5-0. Randolph County up in Wadawi, they are taking on Sax out of Anniston, who is 4-2 on the season. But Dadeville got a big win over Beulah, 55-0. To push their record to six and zero. If you want to count Dayville in the Chattahoochee Valley, I'll put them in my rankings. Why not? All right, let's go to West Georgia. Number one, the Troop County Tigers. Troop County looking dominant. It's not just the way they're beating teams; they're beating really good teams. Teams that compete for state championships at the 5A level, like Stars Mill and Whitewater. The way they beat Stars Mill last week, 44 to 17. And then they manhandled North Clayton 63 to nothing last night. The Troop County Tigers are 6-0, and they are rolling. Number two, the Carver Tigers. They got a get-back win last week against Hapeville Charter. Their only loss this season was to a talented Northeast team out of 2A, but they seem to be one of the best teams in that region. And uh, Carver with new head coach Pierre Coffey. They know what the expectations are at Carver is to get to the state championship and even win it. That's what the players believe in, and that is their goal. And number three, I had them climbing in the rankings, the St. Ampicelli Vikings, five and one, and they look like the best team in the GIAA. Five and one, they are on a bye this week, but they get ready for Brookstone in two weeks, and that looks like it's going to be the high school game of the week, the battle for the Brucelli jug. Number four, LaGrange they get a good win against a Riverdale team that made the playoffs last year. I mean, everybody in this region is good. So to get their first region win, and now they're 4-2, and two, LaGrange looks like they're in the driver's seat. Number five, the Northside Patriots, 5-1 and one on the season. They are on a bye this week. They will travel up to Hamilton, Georgia, to take on their region rival, the Harris County Tigers, and what can you say about Malachi Hosley? He is a game-breaker. Number six, probably going to move them up in my rankings, but I just don't know who to drop. The Callaway Cavaliers, they have rattled off three straight wins. They are 3-3, three 2-0 three, oh in region play. They got a big win over a ranked opponent, 32-12 on the road in Decatur, beating Columbia. And some of the games to watch out for for Callaway is ECLA. They are approaching... That is going to be a tough game, and then number seven, you got the Brookstone Cougars, three and one, taking on Whitfield Academy tonight. Number eight, the Calvary Christian Knights, five and two on the season, one zero in the GAPPS Double A Region Two. After losing to Heritage last week, sixty-two to twelve, they bounce back and get a big win over Community Christian, sixty-two to fourteen, last night. And Jaden Mason is one of those players that is going to be considered for high school player of the year for this region. I'm going to have a list and I'm going to have where Jaden Mason is going to be part of that poll that you could vote on on Twitter. i got Calvary Christian at number 8. Number 9, Schley County. Schley County defeated Chaco 29-6 and they are 4-2 and two on the season and they look like a state title contender for single A. And then number 10, i got the Manchester Blue Devils who are also four and two after getting a dominant win over Macon County, 53 to nothing. These two teams are going to play in a non-region game in a couple of weeks. In fact, I'm looking at the calendar October 21st up in Manchester. It's going to be Schlei County taking on Manchester. And looking at the rankings, some of my honorable mentions is the Spencer Greenwave. You can't really put a whole lot of teams in these rankings because I'm factoring in All the classifications, 5A, 4A, GIAA, GAPPS, which is what Calvary Christian is in. So that's my rankings. All right, I think it's time to bring on Jared Dillard, the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Lions. We are going to talk everything Opelika-Auburn. That is the high school game of the week tonight at the Duck. So we'll be right back with Jared Welcome back to the show and on the show today I've got the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Lions, Jared Dillard. He's also part of the multimedia department at Auburn High School. They're having a big game tonight, the high school game of the week. The 6-0 Auburn Tigers taking on the 4-2 Opelika Bulldogs. Always a tough matchup. Yeah, so you got the high school game of the week tonight, 6-0 Auburn. Taking on the 4-2 Opelika Bulldogs, this is always a close rivalry. I mean, now they're region opponents, so you had a, you know a very close game last year at Opelika. Auburn pulled it out, 16-14, to but what do you expect in this game tonight?
1: Uh, I expect it to be, we won't feel much, of, or we won't see rain-wise as much from Hurricane Ian down in Florida. But I do know those wind gusts, uh, I think, projected to be in the 30s and 40s out there uh, at kickoff. So I think the biggest thing we'll probably be looking at is probably a more grounded uh, offensive attack. And Auburn with Davion Williams, multiple time, uh, offensive player of the week for multiple publications. He can easily put 200 yards and three touchdowns on any given day, especially behind the offensive line. I think that favors Auburn, especially, I believe, Opelika uh, against either Theodore, or um, uh, Prattville gave up 200 yards on the ground. Like, O'Plock has been gashed on the ground already this season, and I think it plays very well into Auburn's strength if it turns into a, a grounded-out type of game.
0: The story this year has been Auburn's defense. I mean, they the Jefferson-Davis game, I mean, it was just a crazy number. Like, how many yards did they give up in that Jefferson-Davis game? Auburn's
1: defense gave up, wait for it, Negative nine yards.
0: Wow. On defense. That is incredible. They beat Robert E. Lee 58 to seven. They beat Dothan 42 to 14. Had two tough games to start the season. I mean, playing a top five team on a neutral site in Montgomery, Hoover, that went to the final four last year. They lost to Thompson. They beat them 17 to 14. They beat Enterprise 31 21 on the road. Auburn has been rolling, and then they play a talented 5A team from Birmingham, Ramsey, and they beat them 42-21. So they come in to the duck tonight hosting the Opelika Bulldogs, who are 4-2. They are trying to snap a two-game losing streak, but this is going to be a big game in region play for the Auburn football team, who's currently in the driver's seat. And then awaiting in a couple of weeks, you know, they got to buy next week, in a couple of weeks, they have to play Central down at Garrett Harrison Stadium.
1: Yeah, this is definitely – when 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 look when we got Auburn's schedule back in the spring, we definitely circled two kind of areas uh, on the schedule about this would be the toughest. Hoover Enterprise to open up the season was hurdle number one. side against top five and on the road to open up region. That is tough no matter how you slice it then this ramsey opelika Bioweek central uh, block on the schedule. And and you, you're like, what, Ramsey, that's your homecoming. And it's Ramsey, they're a 5A team. Ramsey is still a, a really good 5A team. And when talking to Coach Etheridge, that was one of the reasons why they scheduled it. It was because, yeah, I mean, look, teams schedule teams are supposed to be on homecoming. But they also scheduled Ramsey because Ramsey was a top three team in 5A in the state before last Friday. They wanted to still play a good team. They got it. Then you get Opelika at home. Still a big game. I know Opelika stumbled a little bit, but it's your your rival. You get up for that game. You get a nice little bye week, and then on the road against Central. Those were the two blocks in the schedules that we looked at. Auburn got over hurdle number one, and right now currently uh, a quarter of the way through hurdle number two. A big matchup against Opelika tonight at Doug Sanford Stadium. But I I think just talking to you know, some some of my students are football players, just talking to them, they're pretty confident. Their head, I think the most important thing, their heads are not in the sky. They understand that with that number one next to their name they're the target on their back and I think thankfully they're they're not getting very big heads about being number one I know they're the first Auburn team since I think 2013 so like in 10 years to be ranked number one and they haven't let it get to their head so far they know Opelika can get up and beat them on any given day if they slip up so I I think their their focus is in the right place
0: Well, let's talk about last season. Auburn finished with 11-3 record. Their three losses, two of them were to Central, one to IMG Academy, and they rolled through the playoffs and then lose to Central 28-17 in the semifinals. They're looking for a little bit of payback. It looks like the tables have turned this year. Auburn is 6-0 and Central is 4-2. They know with a win over Central, well, they got to beat Opelika first, but a win over Central, they would be in the driver's seat in the state playoffs, and that is the ultimate goal is to play a state playoff game at Jordan Hare Stadium in their own backyard in Auburn.
1: Yeah, and you know, the last couple of years, Auburn's had a team that could do it. Last year, uh last year, just in those three losses, right? It Auburn's defense has always been top-notch. Okay. When they played Central the first time, they only gave it 21 points. When they played IMG, they gave up 27. When they play Central again, they gave up 27. And in two of those three games, Auburn was leading in the fourth quarter. Uh, they weren't able to hold the lead against IMG in the fourth quarter. They weren't able to hold the lead against Central in the semifinals. That has changed now with this new offense. For Auburn, uh, now, this year, like if you go back to last year, they lost, they were leading in the fourth quarter. IMG, Auburn had the lead with 10 minutes to go against Central. Auburn had the lead with about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter in the semifinals. Uh, it, it's a team that uh, last year offensively, uh, when they needed it the most, sometimes came up, we know, with snake eyes. Now improved offense, Clyde Pittman at quarterback, is now the all-time Auburn high touchdown leader with 39 touchdowns. You also got Davis Horson, the junior quarterback, dual threat Uh Two-quarterback system, Dave Young-Williams on the ground, can easily go for 200 yards. Tyler Flakes, the backup, he can easily go for 100 himself. Big wide receivers, good tight ends, great offensive line with D1 prospects all over the place, especially Auburn University commit Braden Joyner. I mean, look, th- this is an offense that is primed and ready. And, I mean, if you take a look at Auburn's schedule, it, it, take out the opener against Hoover, week zero, Auburn has scored 31 or more points in every single game since week two. It is an offense that is firing on all cylinders right now. And honestly, for Opelika, I don't think they stopped that trend. I think Auburn can put up 31 points on Opelika, especially at home in a big robbery game.
0: Auburn is firing on all cylinders. Opelika is a longtime rival that played them close last year. Now that Opelika is in 7A, Opelika did knock off Central, but they have lost two straight to Prattville and to Theodore. And I know that the Opelika Bulldogs and head coach Eric Speakman is going to have their hands full with the Auburn Tigers, but they do have a talented quarterback, Roman Gagliano. Uh, I know this kid. He played for the Opelika basketball team. He was starting as a sophomore. I called an Opelika-Russell County game last year, and he pretty much torched Russell County He's got a great running back, Caden Cooper. It should be a fun game, and and I know that you're going to be out there. So uh, tell me, Jared, what do you and your students got going on as far as your multimedia department? Like, what are you responsible for game time?
1: Well, when it comes to Auburn football game days, well, we'll, uh, usually my day starts at 5 a.m. At 5 a.m., I get up. uh, I have keys to the stadium. I go to the stadium. I make sure all of our equipment's running, ready to go. I'll come back at about 7 a.m. into our control room. Uh, Not many schools do this. I know some schools will bring all their equipment to the venue at the stadium. For us, our equipment is installed at the high school. We're able to beam our video uh, from our cameras to our control room and control it from across the street inside my own classroom. Um, So I'll get it at 7 a.m., make sure all the cameras are working. And honestly, if you told me 8 a.m., for some odd reason, Opelika showed up to play Auburn. We're about to play at 8 a.m. We could do a football game at 8 a.m. Um, then from there, we're kind of just tweaking some things, making sure all of our videos are loaded. And then uh, when game time happens, 5 o'clock, all my students arrive two hours before. Uh, I got my photographers and videographers. Uh, they are ready um, to go down on the sidelines and get photos and videos of the, of the crowd, the game, etc. And then I have about 10 students in the control room with me running replay, uh, switching cameras, um, making sure we're getting all of our commercials in all of our ads in. I have students running the social media account for the football team, making sure that if you can't watch, you can follow Auburn football on Twitter and we're updating it there as well. Uh, I have a student that does a halftime and post game show live inside of our studio. So not only are we live at the field, Or one button click, I can go live inside our studio here at the classroom, and he'll do a live halftime and post-game show uh, during the broadcast as well. So during the day, there's about 20, 25 students bouncing around working for me uh, on any given Auburn football
0: Friday. Well, that is amazing that these high school kids have this opportunity to do broadcasting. Uh, Definitely didn't have that when I was in high school, but uh, (laughs) – Let's go ahead and switch gears. You are a proud Smith Station alumnus. What did you think of that big upset win over Prattville? You know, it
1: was a a major win for Smith Station. And it's a team that ever since my senior year in 2013, when they got to the quarterfinals and and wasn't able to come up with the big win at home, ever since then it's been kind of tough for Smith Station to kind of find its footing. Um, and this year, it's tough because it's not like those Smith Station ha- gets blown out a lot. I mean, yeah, you got a 30 nothing loss against Central and 58-14 against Enterprise. But they 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 played LaGrange close. They played Dothan in a high-scoring game. They were there against Benjamin Russell. It's just, it, it, just going to take a special class and a special coach to bring it all together. Like the pieces, they may be scattered, but they are there. And Smith Station... Can can get back because remember in, in this region uh, I would say the toughest region in the state of Alabama, especially with seven A, you got you got to be one of the top fourteen. And Smith actually can get there. They can get there. Uh, you, we've seen Dothan do it. Dothan is a team that I don't think a lot of people had high expectations for, but they've been able to turn it around pretty quickly uh, over in Dothan. I think Smith actually can do the same thing. They got athletes there. We know they do. We know they have a good basketball program. Uh, they just got to find those students, train them up, and kind of get them out there. And even, even at Smith Station, even though they're 1-5, and five, they can still play spoiler to the Opelikas and Auburns on their schedule because they still got Opelika October 7th. And their final game of the season, they'll be traveling over here to my new side of, of the train tracks to play Auburn on senior night on the last game of the season. So they can still play a little bit of spoilers, and sometimes – uh, when the season's not going at to plan, uh, playing spoilers is pretty fun.
0: Jared, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, definitely, I would like to have you on uh, in future shows so we can talk up some Columbus Lions getting ready for the 2023 season in the NAL.
1: Yeah, no, it's – uh man, there's going to be a lot to talk about when NAL season rolls back around, um, especially uh, that first Columbus Lions game where they play the Sharks, especially at home because – uh, we'll see Coach Gibson, but he'll be wearing black and red.
0: Wow. Which Matt. is a
1: color that I didn't think I would ever see him in.
0: Oh, I know. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I know. It, 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 is, it is crazy. But, uh, yeah, uh, have fun tonight. Uh, hopefully the weather is going to hold up. And uh, we we got some – uh the high school game of the week between the Auburn Tigers 6-0 taking on the Opelika Bulldogs 4-2. And I cannot wait for that game. It's going to be a lot
1: of fun, and hopefully everybody stays safe because the wind gusts will be up there a little bit. Uh, But have a fun time. It's going to be a packed crowd. Probably the most packed the stadium will be uh, this year, especially on the away side. So new LED lights. You'll see a couple of
0: light shows there. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. That was Jared Dillard, the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Lions and works in the multimedia department at Auburn High School has a great staff of students that does the broadcast game day experience, and it should be a lot of fun. All right, we will be back with Corey Bank as we will go over this Russell County Lanier game that we are calling tonight. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back with Corey. Welcome back to the show. And I've got my co host Corey Bank, also my broadcast partner for the high school game of the week on the CW, Jabama, and Beam. And tonight we are calling another Russell County home game. Russell County is one and four on the season, and they are one and three in region play. They're taking on the Poets of Lanier, who are three and two on the season and one and one in region play. And, uh, Corey, we're going to go ahead and recap that Valley-Russell County game that we called last week and go ahead and preview this game against the Poets. But uh, how have you been so far? I've been doing great, Richard. All right, well, let's talk about the game against Valley because it was a back-and-forth battle. It was a matchup between two. The outcome did not turn in Russell County's favor, but there was a lot of improvement from their 49-7 loss to Wetumpka the following week. Russell County did some good things. It was tied up at 14. Uh, they had an opportunity to punch it in at the end of the half, and they did take the lead 17-14 to 14 on a field goal by Kate Acosta, but it was just too much Valley, too much Cam Dooley, and then Jay Harper icing the game with a pick six. Corey, your thoughts on that game against Valley?
2: First, I got to say on the Russell County side, Robert Calhoun, it was his best presence in the pocket all season. We saw him step up in the football game, and it seems to be a sweet spot. He loved throwing that slant route, that three-second drop back or even less, and hitting over the middle of the field with uh, Jaquelin Harper. Uh, in terms of this, there was a team that really picked up steam and Robert Calhoun was also getting outside the tackle box. Making the throws on the run to his Swiss Army knife receiver, Castillo, who really stepped up in the ball game in that regard, with AJ Black being out. Richard. Now in the run game, Drew Pickett got it done as usual. He was running in between the tackles um, and getting bouncing outside, making necessary plays. But then Calston Tarver also stepped up and made some plays on the offensive side of the ball. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, you have to like the way they played. The defensive line got to push up front, so James Todd got to push up front, Rolte Sanders got to push up front, and Presley was able to fill these holes whenever the run lane was there in the tackle box and fill it to a T. But then on the other side, Cameron Dooley, my goodness What an athlete. In this game, he was proficient running with the football. He was getting outside the tackle box. He was making the shift moves to get to the next level. He was making guys miss. He was using his track star speed to get down the field, and that was the dynamic point in the ball game. Cam Dooley truly showed why he's dynamic as a runner in this football game. And I got to tell you, That Valley defensive line, my goodness. In the second half, we saw them getting the necessary push up front, and they're pushing Russell County right on back. And that is why they took care of the football game. They were putting Robert Calhoun under so much stress, which is why that pick six ended the ball game and
0: really filled it up for them. Let's take a look at your current standings for 6A Region 2, as right now Carver-Montgomery is head and shoulders above the rest with a 5-0 record, 3-0 in region play. They are ranked 10th in the state, according to all the 6A schools. Followed by Pike Road, the defending 5A state champions, they are 2-0 in the region, 3-2 overall. Wetumpka is 5-1 overall, 2-1 in the region. The Lanier Poets are 3-2 on the season with a 1-1 record, and You also have Stanhope Elmore one and one. They are one and four on the season. Park Crossing and Russell County both zero and three in the region. Park Crossing has yet to get a victory. They are zero and five. Russell County is one and four, but they are trying to snap a four-game losing streak to the Lanier Poets, who had a very impressive fifty-four to six victory last weekend against Sadusma. And now they take on a Russell County team in region play, losing to Pike Road and beating Park Crossing so far in the region play. But they have a very special, dynamic quarterback. Uh, This guy, I mean, he is a playmaker, as I have seen. As uh, Lanier has just, just an onslaught. Cordez Arrington is their quarterback. Yeah, Takarius Bozeman is their running back, number two. But they actually rotate their quarterback. What does Russell County expect to see with this Lanier Poets team?
2: So, Takarius Bozeman, running back in strong safety, number two. He's a definition of a balanced running back. He has the ability to make defenders miss in the shake moves. And once he gets in the second level, he can lower that boom and get those hard-earned yards and dragging defenders. He's been rushing over 100 yards per game, a dynamic player for this linear team. He is their number one playmaker, an absolutely dynamic player. Now, another guy you're going to have to look out for for this linear team is Corey Hagler. Wide receiver number three, he is a great all round athlete. You can line up in in the slot and bring him in motion to do jet sweeps and wide receiver and the rounds. And once he finds a crease in the defense, he's going to make you play. He's going to make you pay. He's got big play capability written all over him. He's a decent route runner. And when you line him up in the slot, he's able to run the slant routes, talk on those flat routes, those medium-length routes, and really put separation with the defense. When's, once he gets the second level, he's got the track star speed, Richard. Now they got a quarterback rotation, projected starter, Jaquez Thompson. He has started two games. you got Cortez Harrington, who started one. And you got Braylon Jones. So we've seen all three of these quarterbacks play, but I would have to say that Jaquez Thompson's going to get the nod. Now, at the middle linebacker position, you got Terrence Watkins. He's an absolute beast. He can navigate and survey the field coming off his blocks, making him a very strong tackler, both inside the tackle box and out. He's a very elite athlete. Roaming sideline to sideline and pass coverage and clogging up holes. Making it hard for ball carriers to gain momentum to get into the secondary. And that's not too great for anyone that comes by him. Now a guy that you got to look out for, also the defensive side of the ball. Outside linebacker, defensive end, they line him up in both spots. He's their stud athlete, Jamarian Betts. An edge rusher and can cause a lot of penetration in the backfield. Very strong in between the tackle blocks. Excellent run stuffer, gonna be an X factor. But the guy that we're at the cow for, he's the leading sack leader for this linear team, is Jawan McBride, hybrid linebacker, outside backer, and the line and middle linebacker sets. Leading tackler in regards to sacks. You can line him up and run him on a blitz, but then you can, he could disguise blitz and play coverage. Another guy that's fence inside of the ball, this is a very strong defensive team, is Jamarcus Hamilton. Strong safety, number one. He's an absolute ball hawk of a defender. When he surveys the field, he takes the right reads for the football, takes the proper angles. Man, is he a playmaker. But once the ball gets out to his level, he is a heavy hitter as they come at the strong safety position
0: for the Lanier Poets. So it is strength on strength. Lanier from Montgomery taking on Russell County in this region matchup. Can't wait to call this game with you, Corey. You're going to see that dynamic offense of Russell County taking on a stout defense for the Poets. All right, so we had a lot of football games that were moved to last night because of Hurricane Ian, and uh, they decided – to not move russell county's game i actually was at the troop county north clayton game last night and i talked to dana barker who is a referee in the alabama high school associations in the big east and he said that was a tough decision Uh, they made that decision to keep it friday because they do play on turf i mean that factored in i mean they couldn't move every single game over to thursday but I mean, what, what the decision that came into deciding to play on Friday for Russell County? They
2: weren't sure what was to happen with the hurricane, Richard. I mean, the, the forecast now is showing that it's completely missing the Columbus area and in terms of Alabama completely and that it's going to be heading towards uh, Charleston, South Carolina, based upon the last forecast. But they didn't have this knowledge. And so yeah. – the governor had a state of emergency for the entire state, which is bordering Alabama. So that's why they made this decision.
0: All right. So Smith Station is on a bye. You got Glenwood that will be on the road to take on Valiant Cross Academy. We're going to be at the swamp next week as Glenwood has taken on Monroe Academy. I was impressed with Glenwood for a half, Corey. We had. A very exciting first half of a couple of weeks ago. J.T. Banks, just a talented running back. Dallas Crow, a dual threat quarterback. I'm looking forward to calling that game. But they're two and three, and they gotta get this road victory in region play so they can come on and take on Monroe Academy. Like last week, they lose to Lee Scott Academy, 35 to 16, and. What does Glenwood need to do to get the victory on the road against Valiant Cross Academy? They're going to have to
2: get the ball in the hands of both the Burton brothers. They're both dynamic. One is a receiver, one is a running back, is also an outside backer. It's going to be very crucial for them to get the football. JT Banks is going to have to establish himself in the run game. He's got to run really hard between the tackles. So the offensive lines going to have to get the holes for him to be able to make those shake moves and jump cuts in secondary and lower the boom, getting out there and really being a dynamic player in that regard. Now, this whole defensive front needs to be in the backfield and gain the penetration needed for them to be successful. And then number 41, their ball, hawk corner, he's going to need to step up. We've seen him play amazing when we watched him play. Um, When we called that game a couple weeks ago, but in terms for them – to be dynamic, Dallas Crow is going to have to have a great day. He's going to have to make quick reads. I'm not talking about where he holds onto the ball too long, because that might be one of his weaknesses in this game. He's going to have to let that ball rip and early. They're going to have to run screen passes with JT Banks, and they're going to have to get the Burton Brothers out in
0: space. The Glenwood Gators, two and one in region play, taking on Valiant Cross Academy, who's one and three in a region contest tonight. Corey, looking forward to calling that Russell County Lanier game with you later tonight at the county.
2: Absolutely, Richard. It's going to be an awesome opportunity to call another game with you.
0: All right. That was my co-host and broadcast partner, Corey Bank. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Friday Night Lights High School Football Preview Review Show for Week 7. Corey, I can't believe that we are halfway to the high school football season. This is just flying by. It absolutely is. We only have about five weeks left. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to calling the rest of these games with you. I'll do it for us. Uh, Hope everybody has a great rest of your weekend. Everybody be safe out there. Enjoy the high school football, college football, NFL. And uh, don't forget that we're back on the air on Monday for the Sports Beat with Rich. You don't want to miss it from 5 to 6 on WQEE in Noonan. Hope everybody has a great rest of your weekend, and we are out of here. You've been listening to
2: The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family.